The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're ripping through the All-32, covering every single NFL team inexplicably in this offseason. It was a great idea by Debo, our producer, to make sure we hit every NFL team. But it's been fun because we get to bring on enjoyable guests, including today Mark Sessler of NFL Media, great friend of the show, uh, multi-time guest, I believe. So you're a Browns fan, a lifelong Browns fan, and... um we, uh, I, I don't think we talked Browns last year. I can't remember. I know we had Mary Kay Cavanaugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, we had Mary Kay Cavanaugh before the season. Maybe we talked at some point, but like I distinctly remember her saying, and this was sort of what flipped me on the 2019 Browns because I wanted to be all in on it. Plus, everybody was hyping the Browns. She was like, yeah, they're sort of redoing the offense. They're not going to go with what worked in 2018. It was like, wait, what? Why are they're like, she was like, yeah, they're building out this hybrid offense throughout training camp and going to unleash it, uh, with Baker Mayfield learning it as he goes and Freddie Kitchens being the architect. I was like, oh, I'm out. I'm out of the Browns. Like this is, this is going to go poorly. And sure enough, it did. Uh, do you, I mean, do you, do you believe that 2020 with a new GM and a new head coach and presumably a new style offense, like, I, are you worried that there is some hype building now or are you, or are you, where, where are you at with the hype train as, as it surrounds the Browns? You know, I think I, maybe it's just what um, has been occurring uh, here at home and uh, <laughs> outside of the home and in, in, in the larger world at hand. Uh, I haven't, I don't spend an enormous amount of time thinking about the Browns um, the same way I would have probably when I fell into uh, psychological traps back in like 2010, when I named my second child after Colt McCoy um, things like that, where I just I would um, wish cast certain scenarios that would not come to uh, come to be with this team, and I think that's a that's a pretty incredible um, nugget that Mary Kay dropped back at that time because the it was a hype tornado she was operating in back it was then. Insane. Right? I mean, it was, it was they insane. were they were a top five to ten team in terms of Super Bowl odds. The Cleveland Browns. That worried me a lot more than I, I, I feel a sense of calm with this team. Um, not that I think there's a, a shoe in playoff spot. Um, you look at the offense, they should be a playoff team. Uh, I would say this. They seem highly organized compared to where they were a year ago. Mm. It, it, when you had Freddie Kitchens in there, and I think that you and I are someone that we would, you know, Freddie Kitchens, the person, and, uh, you know, we've mentioned this on our own show, love to go on a bar crawl with him and, um, yeah. just, hang out, right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like he seems like I like I bought hook, line and sinker on Freddie Kitchens. I didn't go so far as like our colleagues, my colleague, Sean White and McGuff picked him to be coach of the year. Whoops. Uh, I think a lot of people probably did, but he's just like charming, affable, Southern, like literally bigger than like life, just, you know, <laughs> blue collar. I, I, I bought hook, line and sinker on Jimmy Haslam when he bought the Browns. He's like, I'm fired up to like, I'm a sucker for like, like Southern guys who infiltrate high, high ranking positions. Cause it's like, yeah, like let's get a woo. Um, yeah. It turns it's, out wildly unorganized and a total disaster. Yeah. It just, I, I, you know, I don't know where you wind up watching games on Sunday, but um, after hearing, and I, you know, I, I kind of felt like it was a bit of a um, bait and switch. Like I, I had all my coworkers saying like Brown's playoffs, like, and I was like, wait, there's more nuance to this just because the history of the team, a, you're in a division where, you're not ticketed to win that division. Uh, right. you know, this, this is a, it was a thorny AFC North always, um, with teams that, um, know how to get through ups and downs. The Browns had zero history of that. And, uh, that week one, sitting there at my desk, um, surrounded by, you know, a bunch of wit crackers, um, <laughs> tracking the Browns more than any other team. And they're, they're shelled by, by, by the Titans. I and, mean, and, and in like, in like, in like 10 minutes too. Like it, it was, was like so a close game and all of a sudden it's just, you just don't know what's happening. Exactly. Cleveland, if I recall, they, they ripped down the field for an opening touchdown. And I thought this might be something very special. And they never had that drive ever again all year. And the one beeline, they, they missed out, the extra, they missed the extra point too. Yeah, exactly. So there was already, there was already some sort of dark magic happening here, but the beeline coming out of last year, when you got players to talk at the pro bowl and things like that, where they were able to say in coded, phrases for the most part the team like the worst type of nfl team didn't have a game plan after the first drive or two right and you just saw that um that level of chaos and you know initially everyone just wanted to blame the offensive line the offensive line was a pretty good run blocking line they had issues obviously at both tackle spots with which they've addressed but i think it was a terrible situation for baker mayfield to be in um there you know, from the quarterback coach up, I just think it was it was too much turnover and a lack of direction. And the one thing about Kevin Stefanski, and I, you know, I he wasn't the first person I thought they should go higher, but I do trust the fact that you know the analytics wing of their building two years in a row wanted Stefanski, and he's come in, and I do think this this new staff and Alex Van Pelt working with Baker have put in very defined goals for every player. Everyone sort of said that, so I like the sound of that better than what Mary Kay had to offer a year ago. Yeah. And I think the thing with Stefanski and you mentioned the analytics, like that's, so I would say too, he, the only place he's ever worked is the Minnesota Vikings. Like there's right. some pleasant stability to that, that he has, I, I, I don't, why I'm not sure. Did he, I'm not sure why he was there for that long. I get, I mean, he worked for Brad Childress, Leslie Frazier and Mike Zimmer. Like, He's a good enough coach where he wasn't fired by any of those guys, and he worked his way up from age 24 as an assistant all the way through to becoming the quarterback's coach and eventually eventually the offensive coordinator. And I thought the Vikings were good on offense last year, but you could always see this, like the thumbprint of Mike Zimmer, who was just refusing to allow Stefanski to sort of uncork maybe a little more passing game. But, like, you know, Kirk Cousins, wildly efficient and accurate on play action, um, and – you know, they had a, like to me the similarities are there for this to work for Cleveland because you have the weapons in the passing game and you have really an, a better offensive line 
then you know with now with uh, Joel uh, with uh, let's see who they, they added Jedrick Wills in the draft and then signed Jack Conklin. Yep. Um, you know, to go with Joel Batono and J.C. Treader. I mean, like, they have pieces there where – and that was a big weakness last year. Like, the offensive line wasn't good. It was a huge problem. Um, I think it got into Baker Mayfield's head, too. Yeah. You know, it, it's this – we we haven't experienced this as adults, but I can only imagine um, that you still feel the pain of, like, a 320-pound <laughs> behemoth landing on top of your body, you know, six times in the first game of the season. I The offense kind of – has the ability, I think, to mimic what the Vikings did because you've got two great running backs. Um, You have your line fixed, as we mentioned. I think it's a tight end-centric offense. You've got Austin Hooper, uh, David Njoku. I like that they didn't just move him away. I think this is he was hurt last year. He never had a chance to really become what he wanted to become. He is, and I wonder if he's one of these guys like – the classic athletic freak um, who doesn't really turn into a producer. I think it's a huge year for him because – they drafted Harrison Bryant, who the more I hear about him at tight end, seems like he could be a true steal in the fourth round. And so I think Njoku has a big task ahead of him to stay on the roster um, after after this season. But if you look at how the Vikings operated, um, Stefanski, it kind of reminds me a little bit, and I'm not making a comparison to what will happen with the teams, but when John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan paired up in San Francisco, they went crazy in that offseason to build – the elements that a Kyle Shanahan offense needed to succeed. Not, hey, let's get there in year three. And it wasn't all the perfect pieces, but you kind of saw, hey, here's what he had in Atlanta. And he has similar pieces to run a similar offense here in San Francisco. They've done that for Stefanski. And I think Andrew Barry has been the kind of the quiet hero of this offseason, youngest GM in the league. And whether it was free agency, are they going to get fleeced and look like clowns? Um, are they going to be overwhelmed in a short period of time with the draft? Every one of their draft, you know, selections, and I'm not a draft guy, so you're more like looking at the people you trust and uh, talking to some people. They said value picks at every in every round, and they and they kind of got guys who kind of begin to fit an identity for Cleveland. Not a bunch of like let's go sign this guy to try to get over the hump, but people that are pretty football obsessed, um, which I think matters in 2020 when there's so much distraction for someone of that age. So I don't know. To me, the overall makeup is honestly more hopeful than a year ago. And I'm kind of glad that they're zooming under the radar a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think I, I I like this comp that you're making to the Vikings offense. Like, I think it's perfectly fair. I mean, let's say, let's say that the line is uh, slightly like, a, let's just call the offensive line a wash just for the, for the sake of not, you know, since you and I are not, um, you know, like off like pure offensive line analysts. No, like if, if Jeff Schwartz is on here, maybe we add, even then, like, I don't think anybody can know because Conklin's moving to a new scheme. Uh, but you know, he, they were run heavy in Tennessee and they expect him to be run heavy here. Like you can picture a scenario where they're like maybe one wide receiver sets a lot of times, like even where I mean, like where it's you rotate Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham, or I mean, I don't know that they're going to spread the ball out a bunch. I mean, cause after Jarvis and Odell, it's Rashad Higgins. And Kaderil Hodge, Damian Ratley, Taiwan Taylor, and then like Donovan Peoples Jones, who's a rookie. Like they're not deep at wide receiver, but they are deep at tight end. And they, like you said, they have two great running backs. So why not? And I made this point about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Like why not keep it simple? You know, you, you want your quarterback succeed, pound the ball with these guys behind this offensive line you paid for, run play action, and then hit your tight ends and, and get two and three tight end sets out there. I love the idea of that. I, I honestly think Nick Chubb is 
Um, because there's so many phenomenal running backs right now, I think it gets a little bit left out of the mix yeah. because there's other personalities in Cleveland. When I watched Nick Chubb, um, you know, I, I started watching the Browns back when Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner were there in the eighties. Um, he is the best Browns running back I've ever watched by leaps and bounds. And wow. I, and Ernest Biner, I, he was my favorite player growing up. Um, you, I just think you can do so much with Kareem Hunt too. That is a built in, um, pass catching weapon. So I, I'm with you on that. I think the, <clears throat> the play action approach for Baker Mayfield and they've been working on his, on his footwork. I don't know if the coaches last year even would have drilled down to that type of detail, or I do know they wouldn't have, they didn't. And so this coaching staff wanted to get in and fix things that were a problem last year. There is no reason that Baker Mayfield in this offense has to go out and do it all on his own. And there, I keep hearing over and over and it makes sense. Like it is this make or break season where if Baker Mayfield isn't, you know, like a young Joe Montana that he's out the door. Well, I, you know, there, it is also a team still building and in process and, we live in an age where a third-year quarterback better be fully developed in Patrick Mahomes-ish or we have issues, right? Um, I just think that if you look at in someone like Rashard Higgins, like he and Baker Mayfield developed a ton of chemistry. And then last year they weirdly, him and a couple other Browns players were just weirdly benched and yeah. seemed to have issues with the coaching staff. Like, well, let's just wipe away the layer of unnecessary drama and put our best players out there. And that alone should get them – two or three more wins that alone, because the drama and what happened, I mean, it was embarrassing to see kitchens and players exploding at each other on the, on the sideline. I think they just, these guys like Odell Beckham, who's always catching heat from people cared very much about what happened last year and his performance. And they were distressed by, I think the lack of plugged in organization from the coaching staff. And I actually thought like Baker, I think if you if you asked a random person on the street, like what what did Baker Mayfield? I mean, what did Odell Beckham? Excuse me, do in twenty nineteen? They'd be like, I mean, he had like seven hundred and thirty yards, and he threw a helmet at Freddie Kitchens. It's like, well, actually, but you know, he had over a thousand receiving yards, and he was kind of well behaved for the. I mean, for the most part, I mean, like, fine, was, yeah, and <laughs> and so I I think that sort of gets lost in the conversation. Is like this is not a, this is not a guy who went out. It was a problem out there. Like he had a thousand thirty five yards. That's not great for him, but he wasn't on the same page with Baker. And I, and to your point about quarterbacks, Mark, like it's remember, remember, I mean, Jared Goff is a great example. We went from Jared. It's like, this guy is a complete and total bust eight games into his career with Jeff Fisher. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, Jared Goff is an MVP candidate. Now it's like Goff is a bust again. And he's the worst <laughs> contract in football. It's like, okay, maybe we should breathe. Like the, the Browns are going to pick up Baker's fifth year option, no matter what happens this year. I, I feel like, and that gives them, even if he has a, a, an okay year and takes a small step forward, that's another two seasons to, to mature into what he wants to become. The idea we, we are just, I mean, we're just way too quick to judge these guys. And that's part, it was just, it just how it happens, I guess nowadays, but it, it is, and we're guilty of it, but it's, it's, it's just tough. I mean, I'm not, I'm personally not guilty of it, but um, <laughs> I know but I know it's, I think yeah. it's, the, it, it's part of the machine where, um, you know, it's June and we're talking and it's, it, it's February, it's Mar it's March, it's May. It's just like the football, you know, reporters used to go away for a little bit and cover something else. And that's just not the case. And I'm glad it's not the case. <laughs> I, yeah. With Baker Mayfield, it, it's like, I do, he, you know, there, there's sort of some tropey stuff happening where he's talking about, you know, I'm operating in the shadows. We've, we've poked a little fun of that on, on our show, but um, I, at some point people are like, we want him to mature and change. It's like, I still think that the Cleveland Browns and the AFC North, I don't mind my quarterback with a little bit of fire 
and a little bit of attitude. Um, this is a team that's been, you know, st- stomped on for 25 years at this stage. Um, but you can't be that guy and then throw, throwing three killer picks in the game also. So it right. works when he's working. Right. And that, that's just how it works. Like if Joe Burrow acts like Joe Burrow and the Bengals win, three games and he throws 40 picks, it's not going to be as fun and like gifable. I no, mean, it starts but, to, yeah, it, it looks, it looks askance. So yeah. Baker, I think Baker's problem was, I mean, at least for me, and it, I, I just find that I, and I think you'll probably agree with this, but the GQ article, the off season GQ article or the off season Mina Kimes feature, uh, both of those should be major red flags. If your guy is involved with those. And if he's involved in both of them, then you need to run for the hills. And like, that was like, like Baker and Odell had like four of those combined last year. And it's like, it's like, are you, are you working on football or are you worried about GQ and state farm commercials? And when you're overexposed like that and underperform, it really like hammers home how bad of a, how bad of a season you have. I also, you know, I'd, I'd add in the, um, was it the progressive or whatever the commercial? Oh, yeah, yeah, progressive. That's right. Safe. I mean, in those, and those were cute before week one. Um, but then in week 13, when not- those are airing nonstop, I like that. My whole thing with these, they're going to have, they're going to, there's going to be 15 players. They do that with this year too. Yeah. Who the commercial, the ad campaign goes through the playoffs. Now the ad campaign should, should check itself around week eight. If, if the ship is totally on fire, it should have a clause in it, whether like if your right. team is good, we'll keep paying you for this. Ads. <laughs> yeah. It's just so embarrassing by late December to be watching you know, ads of him sitting in his treating the Cleveland Stadium as his living room while with his wife turning the lights on and off. I, it was a little bit much, uh, a lot too much for me. Also, the fire, the the smoke alarm got me literally every. Like I checked a smoke alarm in my house every time. <laughs> it's infuriating. Uh, so defensively, we should cover both sides. Although I do think the Browns are another team that it's like everything hinges on Baker. If if they go eight and eight and miss the playoffs, but Baker has an outstanding, you know takes a huge step forward in Kevin Stefanski's offense, people will not sweat the the record. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, I mean, so I think it's just like they hinge on Baker. And if, it, if Baker can prove again that he should be the guy, they're fine. I mean, defensively, I I think there's a lot to like here with this this Browns team. I mean, they added Carl Joseph, Grant Delpit uh, in the draft as well. They have Andrew Sadejo there. Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward is a really nice combo that could develop a little bit more at cornerback. And then we'll see what they do. Maybe they signed you, David Clowney. I don't know if they keep Olivia Vernon around, but I mean, Larry Ogunjobi, who's a monster out of Charlotte, uh, who I love. And then Miles Garrett's like a defensive player of the year. This is a, a potentially really good defense. Yeah. They've got, they've certainly got, um, I can't, I can't remember a Browns team that had sort of some, a host of blue chip guys on defense that you could really say, I wouldn't have a problem seeing three or four of these guys in the Pro Bowl. I, it, it, um, it stood out to me last year when Miles Garrett, uh, you know, went out with the suspension. They gave up over 30 points in mm-hmm. each of their last three games. I mean, the defense just totally collapsed. So I was really happy that they didn't just, um, you know, there seemed to be all this buzz. Well, you've got to move on from Olivier Vernon. But do you? I mean, right. they, they like, I don't know why you can't have two or three or four promising pass rushers. Um, to that, to that side, I've had people tell me, you know, don't sign Jadevian Clowney because it's too much in that locker room. Well, you know what? I mean, j- just let's try that and see if that's the why, case. Why is Clowney a locker room problem? I like what has Clowney ever know. done? I feel like people think of Clowney as a problem because he's like, like uh, people still assign the stigma of Clowney like not trying on every play from college. It's like he was at South Carolina and they wouldn't let him leave and get paid. 
So he's sort of checked out a little bit for his, his final year in, in like unpaid non-professional football. Like give a guy a break. Yeah. I just, I don't know him personally. Like the one time I was ever in his, uh, you know, zone doing some interviews, he seemed very professional to me. I've never, yeah. I had, I don't think there's a lot of stories out there of him being like a locker room cancer. It's, it's the opposite. So I, I, know. I don't know, you know, yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right. So. This is what we've been asking everybody in these team questions. What constitutes a successful season from the Cleveland Browns? So you've got these, this extra playoff spot in the AFC. And I, I think it's a dip in the AFC. I, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I look at, I look up and down um, both conferences and every team outside of maybe one or two feels like a potential playoff team. I don't remember other seasons like that, but maybe if, I'm just. If, no, no, no. It feels like who's de- who is definitely can you name an NFL team that is definitely not making the playoffs? I mean, I guess like the Jaguars. Popular answer, yeah, that would be the popular answer. But I mean, Gardner Minshew is is a magician who Panthers, like to do it all. Panthers, Panthers Redskins, maybe, yeah. Giants. But like that's it. There's like that's four it. teams where it's like I mean, like I, you can see. Every, I mean, are, are we just are we just optimistic here in in June? I guess. But like I can see all these teams going eight and eight, even the Dolphins. I totally could too. And so I, so, you know, for Cleveland, they were six and 10 a year ago um, in a perfect storm of, of just absolute nonsense. So I, I would like to see um, 10 and six. I think that whether they make the playoffs or not, 10 and six to me um, would be a really, really um, promising future note. Now, you know, things don't work out the way. So I, I, I think, you know, nine and seven and the seventh playoff spot, um, the AFC North could send three teams. And I wouldn't be that cra- shocked if one of them weren't the Browns and one was the Bengals. I just don't think that's that crazy. And so a lot could go wrong. But um, I think Cleveland, if they're going to live up to their talent and their well-coached, should be a 9-17. and 17. I, I think well-coached, Baker Mayfield takes a step forward. I think if those two things happen, they are an 8-8-plus eight eight team. And so then you hope you just got to get a little bit of luck and get to nine and seven, ten and six. So I think, I think that's about right. Like if they did go eight and eight and didn't make the playoffs, but like Stefanski knew what he was doing, was getting praised and Baker looked awesome. I think people would be like, okay, like, you know, it was a weird season, weird right, off season. Right. What are you going to do? Chalk it up to that. Let's move on to next year. Baker's the guy. Stefanski looks smart and you just hope 2021 is, is, uh, is better. All right, buddy. Thanks for chatting Browns. Uh, we'll talk to you again on, uh, on Monday. And of course, we we'll have much more coming up on the all 32 series as we rip through the entire NFL. Talk to you guys later. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.